Hello, dear listener, to another Geeking on Sportscast. And yes, you heard it. We are back just a couple of <laughs> days after we last, you know, filmed or recorded for the pod. Um, now, we are doing a very special trade deadline, NHL trade deadline. Now, who do we have today? We have Alex. Thank you for being here. We hey, have yo. Olivier again. So thank you for being here. Sup, sup, sup. Um, now, just so the listeners know, this is not your Sportsnet. This is not your TSN. This is Geeking on Sportscast. <laughs> Let's get right into this. So, Anthony Mantha, last ditch. He got traded to the Washington Capitals for Vrana, for Panic, for 2021 first rounder, a 2022 second round to the Red Wings. Now, my initial thought is that Washington got shafted. If you look at the points... <laughs> I'm pretty sure Verena has more points than uh, Mantha. And I mean, yeah, you're getting a first, you're yeah. getting a second. And Panic, although Panic hasn't been that good this season, he's still a serviceable fourth liner right now. So like, what what is Washington thinking? Or am I am I, you know, out of place here? I don't I don't think you are. I think the price is really high. Now, okay, if I think I think Mantha's the better player, or at least has the better upside. Um, he's only had his career high is twenty five goals. You kind of think of Man- Mantha as a as this really prolific scorer who can get you thirty goals, and maybe not do as much else for the team. But he's his career high is twenty five goals, and this year Mantha and Verana have the same amount of goals. They both have eleven now. Mantha's on what the fourth worst team in the league, and the Capitals are one of the best teams in the league you're playing with better players, you'll probably score more. But at the same time, yeah, I the 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 first and second seem really high. Even the first, if it was a second end and Mantha just uh with those guys, okay, maybe, but that's a huge price to pay just from Anthony Mantha. He's young, but he's not that young. He's that's 26 years old. Yeah, and Verana is about the same age. I think he's 25. So it just it's a weird deal now do i think washington gets the best player in the deal probably i'd say so but i thought verana was a good serviceable player for them really good can bring some good skill but also is is a good solid plays hard and that's the thing with mantha he he can be amazing get you two goals and assist and then just disappear for four games in a row right he's that kind of player he's not a huge impact if he's not scoring or producing offensively while Verana is much more of a complete player. So it's just a. And Verana is also getting, you know, he's, he's about a 50 point player per season right now, you know, 47 yeah. in his, thir- in his second season. And um, I'm pretty sure it's like 52. Yeah. 52 and 69 last year and 25 and 39 this year. So he's a solid player. The, the, the thing I just add is, uh, Mantha's signed for, for three more years after this year. And I believe Verana is a RFA this year and Verana's making right now. I'm just checking it as we speak, but he's making 3.35 million. He's probably going to make more closer to what Mantha's making. Right. And then panics making, I think 1.62 million. So if you bring those contracts together, assuming that the capitals would have to re-sign Verana at a higher uh, uh, AAV, that's, that's more money in than, then Mantha's making at 5.7, right? So I, I, I get the cap implications as well. I don't know. It, it seems seems a bit befuddling to me. I think it's a win-now trade, but 
at the same time. I think Detroit wins this. I think that's oh, yeah. the way I see it. I think you get two good players, especially for another guy you can play for a while, signed to a good team-friendly deal. You get a first and a second. I, I, I love this deal for Detroit. Yeah, I think beyond a shadow of a doubt, the fact that it's a first, a second panic and Vrana, who's a year younger than Mantha, like you mentioned. And like over the past three seasons, Mantha's at a 0.42 points per game. Vrana is just at a 0.5, so half a point per game. So they're very comparable players for their age. And obviously like, cause Mantha plays for Detroit, it's kind of leaning. It's like a bit of a heavier, you got to put more emphasis on that number, but like even that, even if you consider they're almost similarly caliber players, what Detroit got for this has to feel like a huge win for Detroit fans out there. As much as I know, like Mantha was a fan favorite, people really liked him. Um, you can't be mad about what you're getting here. Well, who else do they have to, you know, have a fan favorite other than Dylan Larkin? Dylan Larkin. Yeah, that's um, no, not they, much to like in Detroit, uh, no, but they no. do have a young core coming through. So they have guys, tough. they have like guys coming up, but right yeah. now they don't have a lot of good players on their team right now. I think Raymond and the the German guy, I forget his name. Uh, oh, the, the uh, Maurice Sider. Yeah, Sider. He's he looks like he's been going to be a really good player. They're going to get another high pick. I think the future is bright, especially the most. I think they're also being smart with it by letting those guys continue to develop in the, you know, not. Yeah, no, I think Detroit's going to be a really good team. They were smart, got some picks and some of these trades we'll talk about a bit later as kind of a salary haven for uh, these contracts with the cap situations for many teams. So I think they were really smart, but yeah, right now there's not a lot going for the Detroit Red Wings. If you're watching the team right now this year. (laughs) At the end of the day, though, this is definitely in Detroit's favor, at least for now. Yeah. And you can enjoy Little Caesars at the Little Caesars. I've been there. I've been there. It's a cool arena. It's a cool arena. <laughs> okay. Yeah. We'll have to do a cool arena at, at some other point. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. Shout out Vancouver. I like that place. <laughs> uh, <laughs> righty, Matthias Janmark. I think it's Matthias, if I'm not yet. Yeah. Matthias Janmark plus a 2022 fifth round pick to the Vegas Golden Knights in exchange for a uh, 2021 second rounder and a 2022 third rounder to Chicago. Yeah, I think yeah, I think I think this is a good trade for Vegas. I mean, they they kind of need a I mean, they're a really good team and and they're doing really well this year, but I think just adding another center, you can never really have enough centers. This guy's been pretty good this year, 10 goals, 9 assists. Uh, obviously he's an expiring, he's a UFA, but he makes no money. He makes like 700 K. So it's a good, it's a good deal that they could actually fit underneath their cap. Cause they're right at the cap right now. So, yeah, I think it's a good deal. Now a second and a third, that's a pretty high price, but this team's kind of win now. And if that's what you have to give up, I'm looking at their draft picks. They only really are missing one third round pick in the next three years. They have uh, first to seven uh, round picks everywhere, at least one. So their, their, their draft capital still isn't that bad. They had a bit of excess uh, stock and, and they used it. And I think it's a good deal. And I think this team is going to be a cup contender uh, this, uh, I guess not summer, but, but later into the summer than usual because of COVID. Yeah. Yeah. I kind of like this for both as well. Like I feel like Chicago knows they got a pretty good deal for getting the second and the third. But Vegas, with Yanmark, you see what you get, and you kind of, that's, you know, they kind of know what they're getting here. They're getting a guy who can score if you put him on a line with some talent. 
So he has that kind of finishing touch like he was doing in Chicago. Uh, and definitely for Vegas, who's trying to win now, I think it'll work out for him. Yeah. Definitely a little surprised by the lack of, you know, deals that Vegas made this uh, trade deadline. But, I mean, it is a, it's a good player. He's a good player, and he'll be serviceable to them. So, yeah. I mean, we'll, we just have to wait and see and, you know, let let the, you know, Vegas Golden Knights play it out. No, Any last sure. points? Um. No, I, th- I think I think again, it's a good deal for Sh- Chicago. We'll talk, a, I think, a little bit more about them. But they were good at the deadline and adding picks, and and this is another prime example. To your point, Karen, Vegas might have been scared off by what they did last trade deadline and just really going all in for it, and then kind of not giving up a lot of assets. Yeah. yeah. Well, they did make it to the conference finals, didn't they last year? Mm-hmm. No, they made it to the second uh, second round. Second round, yeah. Oh. No, no, conference no, no, final. Conference Vancouver final. lost. Was, yeah, 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 Vancouver lost. Ooh, Vancouver yeah. lost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Demko's <laughs> 970 whatever save percentage couldn't save us. So well. Uh, Jeff Carter to the Penguins for a 2022 third round and a conditional 2023 fourth round. I'm not sure what the condition is because this um, usually. I, I know what the both, I believe, are conditioned. I'll double check. Sorry, but yes, the, the 2022 I believe, uh, third round is a I believe well. one was a playoff incentive if they made it to, I think if they won a round or if they went to the conference finals, one of the picks would have became a second. And then the other is if Carter plays more than 50 games in totality for, I think that's the fourth round pick, then it turns into a third round pick. So the conditions okay. either turn into a second and third, depending on it. Um, so I, I, yeah, just to go off, uh, I think I think this is a good deal for both teams. Pittsburgh's had a bunch of injuries. They've had Malkin, uh, Tanev, uh, Gensel's been out for a while. Uh, they've just been really hammered with injuries, and they've still been a really good team this year considering. And you, Jeff Carter's a really good player, eight goals, 11 assists. Now, that's not eye-popping numbers, but that's good numbers. You have – he's a center. You can plug him on the third line if you want. You can put him – in the top six easily. He's that good. He's been a great, had had a great career. So I think this is a really good move. And for LA, you get more assets, man. And maybe one turns into a second or another third. I just think it's a good deal. And uh, yeah. yeah. My, my only, my only worry with the uh, Jeff Carter situations, he's not a great skater. And I don't know how that's going to translate well for this Penguins team because I, if I'm not mistaken, a lot of this Penguin team like to play pretty fast, you know, style hockey. So we'll have to wait and see with that. But I mean, when you have Crosby, Malkin, Jeff Carter as your three centers, you have to be liking that. Those are that's a solid foundation. No, for sure, and they've just been a really good team, and and I think you're not giving up the bank for this trade, obviously it's a fair bit of assets, but at the same time, it's not, this isn't going to kill you. I mean, if the, if both conditions are converted a second and a third is a pretty high price, but Matthias Yanmark got that. So who would you rather have Carter or Yanmark? Probably Carter, but even then it's kind of the going rate. So I think it's not a bad deal for Pittsburgh and that's the worst it could turn out. If anything, it's a better deal than the Yanmark deal. So, yeah. yeah. 100% agree. I like this on LA side where they're taking an already pretty good farm system and they're just continuing to get younger with more picks and stuff like that. If one of them moves up, all the better. If both of them turn into a second and a third, well, then that would be 
obviously fantastic for LA. And on the flip side, if they turn into a second and a third, it's because Jeff Carter's doing something right for Pittsburgh and they're doing well as well, right? Realistically. Win-win for both. Kind of. Yeah. <laughs> Already, this is where things start to get a little more heated and a little more well. Not that it oh, hasn't been already interesting. I just, I just wanted to update the viewer on the conditions of the trade. I just found it. So the third round is upgraded to a second round if the Penguins make the Cup Finals, and if Carter plays fifty percent of the games, and the fourth round turns into a third round if Carter plays fifty games next year. Sorry, I just wanted to. Shout out my old roommate Tyler. I hope you lose. I hope really <laughs> badly that you lose. So yeah. Anyways, Screw you for beating the Suns back then. And uh yeah. Yeah, I know, man. Every time, every time we'd watch a Suns game or a Penguins game, this guy would say, Chris Kunitz in the <laughs> what, what's his name? The the commentator. In a, oh, the guy that just retired, eh? Yeah. Oh, Oh, oh no! I know with the glasses. Anyways, yeah, no, he, he would go in that. He would do that voice and everything. Yeah, it was yeah. so, so oh, obnoxious. Yeah. Anyways, Bruins get Taylor Hall. Yes, you heard it, ladies and gentlemen. Taylor Hall <laughs> for and Curtis Lazar for a second round and Anders Bjork to Buffalo. Um, I don't know where to begin with this because I am baffled. At the trade. Like, I, I don't know what to make of it. Okay, sure. Taylor Hall has two goals this season. But it's Taylor Hall. Like, this guy is a brilliant player. Like, y- you're not going to go wrong with having this guy on your team. He's just going to make you better. He's just going to make you more dynamic. And Curtis Lazar, uh, I made the joke earlier saying that he has winning pedigree. I was joking with that. In our, in our group but, chat, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, no, I was joking with that. But also, like, he has won for Canada and World Juniors, so he does have some, some kind of understanding of what it is to win. Uh, although playing for the Sens and then playing for Calgary and then playing for Buffalo, he might have forgotten that. You never know. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, no, I mean, but seriously, Taylor Hall, pretty much that's the deal for a second round and Anders Bjork. Like this seems like Buffalo got shafted. I, I think I think it's not the worst. I, I think there I think there's a couple things to it. We have to take into account it's COVID and Hall's making eight million dollars and it's a cap situation, right? So in the end, bu- Buffalo takes half his salary, but even then, right, they're still um giving back uh four million dollars and that's a lot to fit into your cap which is basically a reason for you to give a lesser pick right also hall hasn't been very good this year and then bjork's been okay he had he had a i think he was good two years ago but he's not the greatest player but still 19 points in 58 games he's like a you know fourth line third line third maybe a third liner but yeah it's but still that's one season though yeah, and that, but still, that's the player, right? And Lazar, okay, whatever. I, I don't think it maybe makes the money work in the cap wise, but I don't think it's kind of that's a big deal, really. I think in the end, I think Buffalo did all right. I think if they got a first, that would have been great. This is okay, but um, a lot. It, I, listening to guys on TSN and Sportsnet, it sounded like no, all the GMs were laughing at giving a first round pick for hall especially with the money so i think in the end they didn't get it but a second round pick isn't horrible so but yeah 
Yeah, I don't know. Like during the day when I saw this come out, I was like, oh, that's that's fine, I guess. That's okay deal on both sides. And then you see the Mantha trade and you're like, man, you really couldn't have gotten a first for like Taylor Hall. Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's kind of a shame, like looking back at that. Um, but my favorite take from this trade was that I can't believe Hall was a throw-in in the Lazar trade. <laughs> uh, but yeah, it's just, if you're a Buffalo fan, it's got to feel bad, you know, at least a little bit. I get it. It's a second and Bjork and all the points were made above, but it's still Taylor Hall, man. Like, you know, he's going to go to that competent Boston team and potentially just start tearing it up. But and speaking, then, of, speaking of Buffalo, can we stay on Buffalo? Because I think there's a pattern here that they greatly, like, they just screwed up for this trade deadline. Like, they, they traded Brandon Montour to Florida for a 2021 third round. Uh, they received a 2021 third round. That's the same as getting Mike Riley. <laughs> <laughs> I can't like. For, I can't believe Riley went for a third. We'll talk about that later. But anyways, yeah. but how? How <laughs> is this even possible? Like Buffalo to me, and I know you're saying you know it's four million for Hall, and that's a you know that, that's a large sum to factor into your um your your cap situation. But like. How, could they seriously not gotten anything better for Hall? And then could they seriously not get anything better for Montour? And uh, for me, sorry, Alex, cut you off, but like Florida needed a defenseman. Like yeah. it was not a secret that, like, hey, one of our best defensemen, Aaron Ekblad, is out. We really need to shore up this spot in our lineup. And it just cost them a third. Like Well, okay. I think I I I don't disagree, but I also think we aren't talking into how much these guys are making and how much the cap reflects is important in these deals. Right. I think look at all these teams that, for example, we'll talk about the, the Leafs trade with Felino, but basically teams get fourth round picks just to take money on. Right. Montour is mm-hmm. making 3.85 million. That's a fair bit. Obviously the uh, Ekblad's out. So they have the LTIR. That's the state. thing, right? Like, but you're still paying the guy more than you're already paying for Ekblad. So there's more money out. Right. And and now, we all know that Florida isn't exactly the wealthiest of teams no. in NHL. Also so. Montour. I mean, he, I wouldn't say his numbers are bad, but they're not crazy, yeah, but, but, but they're he, pretty comparable he, to Mike Riley and Mike Riley's making way less money. Mike Riley's making some is making something like one, one and a half million dollars. Montour is making way more. So it's a but bigger cap hit and take, more money that you have to take on. Yeah. Either Montour or Riley for that matter. And you take them from the poor defensive systems that they're currently operating in and you put them in a better one. You might oh, be coming out with a way better player. I'm not disagreeing, but the thing is this team lost 18 games in a row. No one's playing well. Right. And so you'd think they're going to play better, but there's no indication you have no value any additional value for these no, guys the Taylor you're, Hall, you're right you're right right yeah. so i think it's buffalo in a really hard situation and trying yeah. to get the most out of it now, it would be different if he was going yeah, off if buffalo was even playing all right let's say they're not even 500 but six games below 500 then they probably get a second for montour and a third they might get more uh, Yanmark deal. They, I'm sure they'd get a first for Hall, right? Mm-hmm. But Hall has two goals. Yeah. Two goals. Derek Forbert has two goals. I'm okay. paying $4 million yeah, for a goal. Derek Forbert. No, I, I'm, I'm not. I'm, I'm just making the thing is it's not that he's really producing well. Obviously, he has a bunch more assists, but Taylor Hall. But I just think 
It's a bad situation. Now, do I say these trades are great value for Buffalo? No, but they're in a bad sp- position with COVID. It makes it a bit more hard, especially with teams that don't have cap space because the cap hasn't gone up the past year. I will agree with you that like looking from the circumstances, it it's still not bad. It's not awful. No. It could yeah. have been worse. Let's well, just say but, that. Okay. I'll just compare it to the Mantha deal. The Mantha deal seems way more skewed to me than these deals. If that 100% agreed. 100%, yeah, 100% agreed. 100% agreed. Yeah. So, so are you saying Which they're is, winning it? No, I don't think they're winning it, but are they losing it? I don't think so. A big part, like for me, like having seen that hall trade early in the morning, I was thinking like, hey, it's a fine trade, but then seeing the Mantha trade completely threw that out the window for me. And I went, man, if that's what they got, but like <laughs> you said, it's, it's a whole situation with COVID. Stuff like that. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a lot more on the go, but at least hall did say he was willing to resign. Maybe he does. Yeah. If he, he resigns, that deal looks way worse too. So oh, I, yeah. well, the I, other thing, I, I think, ever want to resign though. Because... If he resigns and assumes he plays at a decent level, like not even, because because he like publicly said he was gonna resign or was willing to if i was buffalo not to harp on buffalo again they've suffered enough you gotta try to get some condition in there that's like hey if he resigns with you that turns into a first i i i don't disagree i think you at least get a third round pick i think that's a great yeah at least another pick right i'm not gonna go harp on this i'll find the trade as as i mentioned this but the carlson deal we have the sens have uh, a second round pick just because he resigned Exactly, just something like that. But it, that's that's a lot to go on for this trade. I'm not saying a second round pick. I just mean a pick of some value. Mm-hmm. Agreed. Right. So yeah, Carlson. Carlson. So yeah, I'll find it. But anyways, it's uh, yeah. So it's yeah, the Sens have Sharks second round pick this year just because Carlson resigned. Which is I'm not saying they get that, but yeah. All to say, Buffalo is a dumpster fire. Sorry, Dad. Uh, you suck. <laughs> All right. This is where we get our first three team trade. This was Savard and Brian Lashoff to the Tampa Bay Lightning for 2021 fourth round to Detroit and a 2022 third round and a 2021 first round to Columbus Blue Jackets. Now, I'm pretty sure it was a 25% salary retain on Detroit. I think it was. I'll check it when. Yeah, I, I think it was either 25 25 for Detroit and uh, Columbus. And I think Tampa got 50, or Tampa and Detroit got 25, and Columbus got 50. If I'm uh, not mistaken. Both, both, te- uh, well, both teams took 50%, but it turned into 25% for Tampa Bay, if that makes any sense. Yeah. 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 So Detroit took 50%, which oh. then made it to 2 million. And then. Uh, the uh, Tampa Bay took 50% of Savard from Detroit, which then turned into about just over 1 million in caps. I mean, for myself, just looking on it briefly or looking at it briefly, I mean, Savard's, I mean, he's not going to woo you offensively, um, but he's a pretty good serviceable, you know, top four defender. He's can play matchup minutes and he's overall very uh, well, as I said, serviceable. You know what to expect from him. He's not going to do anything that's too unexpected. He's not going to just screw up a play like Tyler Myers style. But, you know, he's he's good. He's a good top four player or top four defenseman. No, I completely agree. I think in a weird way, I think every team in this trade wins. Um, when we look at – let's just talk about Tampa Bay because they got the, the, the key ass or the key player in this deal. Their decor right now, just their, their – 
I mean, their sixth defenseman is probably going to be a bit more interchangeable, but they have Hedman, McDonough, Sergachev, Cernak, Savard. If that's not the best decor in the league, I don't know what is. I can't think of any, th- any team that's better than that. They have what it takes to go for a repeat. Now, are they going to? I don't know, but this just makes them absolutely insane for this year. Now, now if we talk about uh, Columbus, we're going to talk about the Felino deal a bit later, but I think this is great. For a rental, a first and a third, that's just a really, really good haul. Just a first I th- would have thought would have been high. As a Jets fan, I was like, oh, we, we should put give them a second, maybe a second and a third, kind of like the Yanmark deal, and that should be enough. But a first and a third, that's a lot. And, and good for Columbus. They got as much as they could out of it. And Detroit, they get a fourth-round pick just for taking on money. So good for them. That's a great deal, especially uh, I'm, I'll double check what year it is. If it's this year, it's probably an even better deal. So 2020 uh, or 2021. 2021. That's round. an even better deal yeah. for them because this year with COVID, no one really knows if anyone's good. So a fourth round pick, I think, is more valuable than any other year, really. The more so, darts you have to throw at the board this year, the better, essentially. Exactly. And it won't matter as much how high you are, obviously to an extent, but it's, it's going to be different than most years. So I, I just think every team in this trade wins. Tampa gets better. Columbus gets assets. I think more than they probably mm-hmm. uh, should have really, I don't think he's worth that. And, uh, and Detroit gets a good pick, another pick to, to add to the cabinet. Yeah. I, I, think- I don't really think, sorry, I'll just mention briefly. Yeah, I don't yeah. really think Tampa really cares about giving away that first, uh, no. I, I see you're, you're looking at me, so I do apologize for taking your point. But they're, they're in win, they're in win now mode, right? Like that, they don't care. They can win it again. Yeah, exactly. I was just gonna mention, like, if you're Tampa, do you really care if they potentially get, you know, pick twenty seven or lower? Uh, it's, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be right? 30, it's, it's gonna be an extremely an extremely low pick. So like at this point, you're like, yeah, go nuts because we might strike with pick sixty. Who knows this year, right? It's crazy. So. Exactly. At that point, definitely that's interesting. Why... Definitely good for everyone. Yeah, just like Alex and you said, like great deal all around. One of those Norm Powell, Gary Trent Jr. deals. Everybody's happy. <laughs> yeah, I would love to agree with you, but all I know about basketball is you shoot the ball, it goes in a basket, get the points. And Toronto won. Uh, that's yeah, all we dude, still living off it, baby. Okay, anyways, there we go. Continue. I'm a bandwagoner. Yeah. All righty. Devin Nubnik to the Avs for a 2021 fifth rounder and Greg Patteron. I think this was a bit of a cap dump with the Greg Patteron to, uh, you know, San Jose. A fifth is nice. And in Devin Dubnik, he hasn't been that great this season, but he's going to be the number three goalie uh, or number two if they have any injuries. And I believe Honkuz is injured right now. He's out so, for the season. Oh, wow. Okay. So definitely mm-hmm. needed. Definitely needed a backup then. And Devin Dubnik can fill that role. He's shown that he can be a solid goalie. Maybe not when he was at Edmonton, but he was a pretty decent goalie. He in was that, great. In he was a really good goalie in Minnesota. He's, yeah. He dropped mm-hmm. off a little bit, but no. Uh, uh, I, I'll just I'll just add is I think this is a really smart play by the Abs. You don't really give up much. Their decor is good anyways, and patterns all right, but it's not something one you you can replace that. Yeah. But, no, I think this is really smart. Frank, who's out for the season, unfortunate. Are you'd probably say I'd probably like Dubnik more than Frank, who's anyways, as your backup if you had both of them. I mean, who knows? Dubnik's been all right in San Jose, but that team isn't good in front of him. 
and save percentage are plummeting and his is just below 900. So I don't think that's a, I don't think that's indicative. Oh, he's slipped or he can't be a good goalie. And he has a bunch of playoff experience. And I think that matters. Grubauer obviously does a little bit too, but. He won a cup. uh, Yeah, but he played two games, they lost, and then they went with Holtby and won the whole thing. So it's, it's, yeah, he played in the playoffs, but not the good part. But uh, I just mean, I think this is a really smart deal for the Avs. And uh, I think they needed a backup because look at last year, their goalies just all got injured. and, And that's a big reason why they lost to Dallas. So. Yeah. Yeah, I think it's a good trade for the Avalanche. They're just nice. It, they're doing things, obviously, at the trade deadline at the last moment that they can, but they're really filling the blank that they are concerned they might have in the future, especially with Franco's being actually out. If anything happened to Grubauer, they'd be pretty uh, SOL. So it's yeah. good they're taking care of that right away. Yeah. Exactly. And sticking on to uh, the Avs just for a second here, uh, Patrick Nemeth going to the Avs for a fourth to Detroit. I think this is solid. Nemeth is no more than a, what, like a, a fifth, sixth defender. I think he's more of a sixth. Um, he's a solid, you know, backup to who they have right now. And he'll, he's depth. You know, you can never have enough depth, right? And a fourth to Detroit. I mean, that's pretty solid for a player that's not that good. So, and especially with this year, right? As we were mentioning before, a fourth could really be like a second round pick if you not get lucky, but if you do your homework and if you're able to, you know, scout players a bit. So it could go over very well for them. Yeah. yeah. I, I just looked at the trade. Uh, yeah. The trades, the fourth round picks for 2022, but still it's a good value. I don't think he's an oh, expiring. I thought it was 2021. My bad. No, it's an, but that's not, it's not a big deal. I was just going to say is they lost Eric Johnson, uh, the abs did, who's, been a really good player for them for a number of years but their decor look at it it's Devin Taves who's been a workhorse Gerard who's great McCarr who's just McCarr right uh, Ryan Graves who's a really good defenseman and now they have Nemeth that's five really solid defensemen this team just needed more depth obviously they also have Bowen Byram it's just this team stacked at D but they do need a bit of depth with Johnson out and I think he's a good filler and and you don't give up much and yeah, so I like this trade for both teams. I think, I, as uh, Kieran mentioned, and again, Detroit just getting a bunch of picks, and you're going to capitalize on it, or you use it as another, use it as things to trade for and uh, players, or uh, or move up in the draft or whatever, right? So I think it's just a really good move by both teams, and hopefully the Avs go far in the playoffs because uh, I really think they have a great team. It's like. Um... It's like uh, the Detroit Red Wings are the reverse Oprah Winfrey. Like instead of giving everything away, giving everything away, they're taking everything. <laughs> I mean, they are giving a lot too, but true, true. But I like those. I like those picks that they're taking in. Yeah, because from my perspective, I see this as like the Avs get the depth they need. Detroit gets another fourth, and it's next year, right? Like you mentioned earlier, who knows that at the draft this year they don't package both of those to get a you know a second. Yeah. this year right they give a fourth this year a fourth next year to pick second for somebody who's picking relatively early who knows it just gives them more options yeah, yeah. always solid to uh, acquire more picks next one is another very interesting uh, trade um new york islanders getting kyle palmieri and travis zajak for i don't even know this guy and i do apologize dear listeners f-a-j greer mason jobst 2021 first and a 2022 fourth. 
So I like the first. I like the fourth. I'm sorry I don't watch any like New Jersey Devils or New York Islanders, so I cannot comment much on the Greer and the jobs. But any quick thoughts on them? Um, well, I guess more Palmieri and Zajac, and those two are solid players. But uh, yeah, I'll just add. I'm just googling Joe's. Uh, no, these guys aren't. I mean, the they're kind of middling prospects, uh, or not really prospects with Joe's. But Greer is was a high pick who hasn't really panned Jobst. out. But, yeah, I can't say his name. Anyways, not the point. What I was just gonna say is, I think this is a good haul for for for. I think it works out for both teams. I think Palmieri and Zajac are guys. I mean, I think Palmieri can be your in your top six, but maybe as your six if you're if you're trying to win the cup. I think he's a really good player, but I mean, nine goals and nine assists isn't crazy. Although the Devils aren't a great team, and Zajac too, he's a good player. If he's in your top nine, you're a good team, and he has seven goals, eleven assists. Now for so I think for New York, you lost Anders Lee, who's been a great great player, your captain, and these guys together, I think, kind of replace him. I mean, Andrews Lee's a good player, but he's not the—he's not that good. And I think adding two instead of one is in a good way for the Islanders. A great play. They've been amazing this year, one of the best teams in the league. And for New Jersey, you get a first-round pick and a fourth. And I mean, is Palmieri that good? Not really. I think he can be. But like, I if, think if he catches fire in the playoffs, he can really go for it. I think the way New York gives up the first round pick is both, right? It's getting both. And that's why, obviously, that's why they get the first. But I don't think Palmieri by himself gets you a first. But both of them no. are serviceable enough to be good players to really make a good deep run in the playoffs. And they made the conference finals this year or last year for this this year. They should expect that too. They're a really good team. And uh, this is a really good ad for them, especially considering the unfortunate injury with Anders Lee. Barry Trotz defensive style hockey coming in clutch. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Alrighty. I think that is it for the American teams. Now we will be getting into more American teams as they traded with Canadian teams, but that was American to American. We're getting into Canadian to American or Canadian with Canadian starting off with the Canucks receiving Madison Bowie and a fifth for Chicago fourth. Now um, let's not get too much into this. This is no more than a fourth liner at best for Vancouver. He's just a serviceable player that's going to come in and hopefully add in a little depth and, you know, add in something that we don't really have much of in Vancouver. Uh, I don't expect much from him, um, but Hopefully he'll be all right. And a fifth for a fourth, essentially, I'm okay with that. Not the end of the world. Um, I just wanted to give a shout out to our, our favorite listener, Dan Roberts. He's a big Canucks fan. Kieran knows him. And uh, he was really hurt by the Gaudette trade today. But uh, thinks uh, the Canucks are on uh, the right path, even with Jim Benning. So I just wanted to shout him out. Um, he thinks they're on the right path with Jim Benning? He does. I mean, he, he understands the bad contracts, but he believes. He believes, man. And you have to have belief these days, especially in a pandemic. Do you we want need that a conversation. We need a conversation between these two right now. Yeah, I know. We, well, we, we've conversed in the past, but you, you know where I got the Leafs? I got the Leafs with 50 years without winning a cup. <laughs> Is that good enough to just believe? You got to actually do something. Oh, man. Alright, moving on, because that's a... No, um, no. I, I, just to go on the Canucks, I think 
honestly pretty good deadline for them. I'd say it sucks to get rid of Gaudet, but I think considering they want to make cap space for for Pedersen and uh, Hughes, I think it makes sense because Gaudet was an RFA. They were going to pay him more. He was basically making minimum. This Highmore guy is on minimum next year. He'll be at least an NHLer for them. That on a I think it's 700k or something. So they're they're basically getting cap space with this deal, even though it yeah. doesn't look like it. So Jordy Ben for a six. Now maybe could they have got a fifth? Maybe, but he's not that that good. Decent deal. And with Mike oh, Riley and everything, I'd take Jordy Ben for a fourth. I Mike Riley's good offensively. Jordy Ben isn't, but uh, hey, Mike I don't Riley. disagree. I, I don't. I, anyways, we'll talk about that trade later. But no, and then Madison Bowie can still. I think he can play in the NHL now. Is he a good player? Yeah. My, my only thing with the Adam Gaudet thing is the reason why the reason why we gave up Adam Gaudet for Matthew Highmore so that Matthew Highmore can play in our team next season, and so we wouldn't have any cap issues. It's because we signed Tyler Pearson for 3.25, and we keep on getting these ridiculous contracts that just – why are we winning now, man? Why are we winning now? I don't even – so bad. We, 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 we discussed this in our, our hockey chat earlier today, so I'm not going to go too much into it, but I think – It ended with me telling them to fuck off. I think that's all they needed to know. <laughs> it did. Um, it did. Yeah. What I, I was just going to say was I think that this – in a weird way, I, I agree. I think now is Tanner Pearson a better player than Gaudet? Sure, I th- I think so. But I think you probably are getting rid of Gaudet either way or P- Pearson, and then it's which one do you would you rather have, right? So I don't know. I think I don't think I th- I don't think it's as bad as you're making it because you had to keep one and leave another. I, I'm, I'm thinking more of the contract in the long term. Like, this is not going to help because we do have other players that we're going to have to sign. But you're going to sign Goddett long-term because he's an RFA. Like, he, he wouldn't be able to re- – I mean, you could re- relinquish his rights, but you yeah. – so, I don't know. Yeah, no, I, I understand his situation, but, I mean, it is what it is. Well, uh, moving on – The reason why you're trading him is because you're cap-crunched, right? Yeah. Like, there's no other reason. If he's yeah. on the sends, he gets re-signed. That, so. Yeah. Yeah. Nashville getting Eric Eric Branson, aka the Walking Tree. I saw him yesterday too with his baby. I I can't believe it. His but, baby. Uh, Branson, yeah. Wait, I thought you said his girlfriend. My bad. And baby and the baby. Oh, okay, okay. Well, there you go. The entire family right there. Yeah. So now they're off to Nashville. So there you yeah, go. Yeah, you were the good luck charm. Maybe you should have seen them a couple of months ago. <laughs> his last day in auto. No. Okay. <laughs> yeah. For uh, Fortunato, Fortunato, sorry, and a seventh. Frankly, frankly speaking, if you can get rid of Goodbranch, like I'd get rid of him for free. <laughs> so I mean, you know, oh, if they get a seventh and some other player Intangibles. for him, <laughs> yeah, well, if they get a seventh and another player for him, hey, that's a win in my book for Ottawa. That's a win in my book. Yeah, yeah, I think, I mean, I'm not complaining. I think he was a good character guy for the room, but on the ice, yeah, he sucks. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Alrighty. Uh, now, this is for you, Olivier. Eric Gustafson to the Canadians to the, from the Flyers, and the Flyers will be receiving a 2022 seventh-round pick. I think it's really just a move to bolster the decor, especially after losing Mete for free, unfortunately, today. <laughs> uh, and also having Sherratt being out for at least until the playoffs, most likely. Much like most of the moves the Habs made today, 
it's just to you know shore up that that defense that top six and Gustafson has fine numbers nothing crazy um there is some upside if you look like how he used to play maybe but uh I think it's just gonna be a kind of a depth move to just have an extra NHL or ready to go Kind of replaces Mete. You just an offensive, good puck mover. But yeah, just somebody who can pass the puck around and not just kind of stay at home next to yeah. the Twin Towers or something. So, yeah. Sherrod and Weber and all that. So, it'll be good to see. Similar for, if you don't mind me transitioning into John Merrill for a fifth yep. and Hayden Verbeek to Detroit. Hayden Verbeek was a decent-ish prospect. Basically just an AHLer. They might call him up and he might play in Detroit, actually. Who knows? Um but he was uh, yeah, kind the of the amount of the... players that they lost. I mean, yeah, you know what I mean. What an opportunity! <laughs> yeah, he's got the chance to prove himself, and I mean, good on him if he does. But it's mostly the fifth, and we had a couple fifths to spare. Uh, I think one was from Tampa. I think one um, was from us, from Mike Riley. One of them, yeah, one of them was from from Mike Riley. Um, good job on that one, guys. There and then uh, we, so basically, John Merrill's going to come in and do the same thing and just kind of help shore up that decor. And I mean, it might create a little bit of competition between him and Gustafson when Chirac comes back, like who's going to fight to stay in the lineup and then like Victor Olofsson and all that. But realistically, what the Habs did wasn't at the deadline, the bigger moves, at least. Yeah. I was just going to ask, how did you feel about Mete being collected on waivers by the Sens? So Habs fans are like, I feel like they're pretty divided because if you look at Mete's numbers, they don't exist. He has four goals in over 100 NHL games, and it's (laughs) kind of disappointing. But when you look at him play, he's playing like he's been on the ice for 20 years. He's like playing really smart, not really making many mistakes, moving the puck up pretty well. Like he's a fast moving puck moving defenseman that just had shit luck, excuse me, shit luck to hit the back of the net. And it kind of cost him. A lot of the fans were divided and then a lot of them were like, yeah, but realistically i think we could have gotten something for him instead of literally putting him on waivers like the day before the deadline like just kind of call around i'm sure he could have got a seventh or something but you know that's what it is right now for the Sens, like as we speak so i know you guys have a habit of just picking up people that played for us yeah no i think it's a great move for the Sens. i think i mean okay greats maybe is too strong a word but a good move. move yeah no i think it's it's the right thing to do he's he's a good He's shown he can play in the NHL. The Habs have a lot of depth at D. Now, he kind of got squeezed out, but I don't think that's necessarily reflective that he's not NHL caliber. No, he's he's definitely a NHL caliber. Now, it's your, like you said, six, got squeezed fifth out. Fifth or sixth, more than your four, probably, but he's still good enough to be in the NHL. And, and we just traded you- three defensemen, so I think it makes sense for – for the Sens to pick him up. And I, I obviously the Sens are playing right now and it's his first game for us. So I, I don't know how he's playing, but uh, to, I think to, to be fair to Victor Mete, he was a hundredth overall. That's a pretty cool number to be drafted at. That is a pretty darn duty, golden, <laughs> uh, you know, overall draft pick, uh, but that's, that's fourth round. The fact that he's in the NHL to begin with, that's already like has, a stretch. Like he has a very good attitude when it comes to like playing itself, whether it's in interviews or just when you see him play yeah. and when he's on the bench, he's very responsive to coaches as far as he's seen him. He just kind of got squeezed out of the system, which is really unfortunate because I liked him as a player. I thought he had a lot of potential and upside, but at the end of the day, when you're not, you know, 
putting the puck in the net or like showing improvement in a tangible manner, it's kind of easy to kind of let you go on the wayside, right? He's not a physical player, right? No, no he's not big. He's like 5'8", five, 5'9", five, something like that. But he's 22. You'd like hey, to think that right. he can grow a bit bigger and that he can that, – uh, Yeah, maybe. You know, size up. I mean, th- I mean, hindsight 2020, right? So we'll have to see in a few years how it turns out. Yeah. Moving on. Let's get some. Uh, let's get some of the Ottawa trades uh, out of the you know out of the waters a bit. Ottawa get a 2022 seventh rounder for Braden Colburn uh, to the New York Islanders. Uh, very quick, I think it's fairly, you know, fa- I think it's fair to both teams, relatively speaking. Yeah, I think it's kind of like the Gubranson trade. You get something. He's a good veteran. He won the cup last year in in. Uh, uh, Tampa Bay so I think it's just a good move for both teams getting a little bit of an asset and uh, get a veteran presence for the Islanders and then Mike Riley and I don't understand this I really don't <laughs> I, I Mike Riley to the Bruins for 2022 third round pick I think, um, I'm I'm at a loss of words but I, I think mean, this go is, ahead I think this is the greatest trade Pierre Doran has ever made uh I, you know I, what? Actually, you know, sorry, I, I don't mean to cut you off, but we need to have a discussion on Pierre Dorian because I personally think he's done really well for the trades. Like most of the trades, I think he's done fairly well in the past. Uh, but I know Jay Saint, James Ronaldinho Saint the Third, he is <laughs> not a fan of um, Pierre Dorian's moves. So I think that would be a fun little discussion. I, I think that's for another pod for sure. Yeah. It'd be really fun, but. In this case, I just want to say, uh, my GM could beat up your GM. That's it. That's all I have. Oh, a hundred percent. Those are hundred percent. He is the quaff. Um, no, I was just gonna say. <laughs> <laughs> what I was gonna say was, uh, no, I think this is a great trade. Now, I think honestly, if I'm gonna give my honest opinion, I think Riley's maybe worth a fourth or a fifth. I don't think. I think a third's a lot. Uh, but good for the sense. Again, another asset hopefully use in another trade i mean we could pick more guys but we already have a lot of young guys i think turn these picks more into to to players or to you know get yeah but i think it's a great trade for the Sens and for boston i don't really understand it too much but at the same time he's an nhl player so he's a good defenseman his cap hits very low you can fit him in so yeah i think what happened here is like mike riley when he was traded from the habs to the Sens for a fifth rounder that's his value inherently is generally fourth or fifth rounder. He had a really good year with you guys. You know, everybody loved his numbers. All the analytics were going off. So you guys did what made sense to do, flipped him for a higher pick. And at the end of the day, you know, good on Mike Riley for making himself worth more uh, and good on Pierre Dorian for getting a third. For sure. That's nuts. All righty, moving. And I, I mean, can we stick to the Leafs as being the last yeah, yeah, with that? yeah. already sure. going to Alberta. You want to touch on Oilers first? Yeah, yeah. we'll go with Kulikov to Edmonton uh, for a 2021 conditional fourth round pick to New Jersey Devils. Uh, Kulikov, former Winnipeg Jet player. Um, I don't know about him. I mean, I think I always saw him as like a fifth defender. So is that what you expect from him? Uh, yeah, I mean, I think with Edmonton, it's a bit different because their decor, other than really three guys, isn't super deep. He's a good defensive defenseman, and I think that's kind of what they're looking for. Uh, by all uh, what I've heard is that he, he's been playing well in New Jersey. So I don't think it's a 
a horrible pick uh, or a horrible trade, sorry, for, for Edmonton. I think it's just a depth play. They don't have any cap space. He's making basically no money. I think it's a good trade. And for New Jersey, you get a fourth. It could turn into a uh, – I think I'm just going to – I'm checking the conditions. It turns into a third if they win a playoff round in the playoffs. That's actually a good deal for yeah. for New Jersey. It's only one round. It's not even that far. So, yeah, I, I think for both teams it makes sense. Edmonton has traded a lot of their picks last year with the Anthony CU trade. And I think for I think it's a good trade for both teams, but I don't think it's a game changer. I don't think this makes me think, oh, Edmonton's a way better team going in, but it helps. I think the Oilers might be like get pleasantly surprised by Kulikov playing for a better team than New Jersey. But like you said, I don't think it's going to move the needle at all. Um, you said the conditions are pretty funny though, that it's winning one round. One round. Uh, so they would have to potentially go through your Winnipeg Jets. Uh, that's yeah. not going to happen. Yeah, I mean, I we haven't played well against them. We, we shouldn't go into too much about the, the team. That's far no, I, I didn't mean to start a tangent. No, no, no. no my just, bad, my bad. No, 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 it's fine. I just think overall, as you said, I think it's a funny condition because if he's worth a third, that's worse than Mike Riley, in my opinion. Oh, Mike yeah. Riley oh, can, yeah, absolutely. Mike Riley can run a power play. Dmitry Kulikov can't shoot a puck at the net, so it's uh, yeah. So obviously, I'm being. I, I sense some uh, ex, some Winnipeg bitterness there. No, no, he was a good player. I just mean he wasn't that good. That's all I'm trying to say. So yeah, skating on Dmitry Kulikov. What yeah. a guy! Yeah, he didn't even play in our cup run, basically. So. That's okay. Alrighty, moving into moving on to Calgary. Um, no, this was a funny one because we all know we all knew that Sam Bennett needed to be traded before. Um, I think Olivia, you're the one that mentioned that Sam Bennett is a player without an identity. And yeah, I mean it it's good for Calgary that they got rid of him because it seems like he was only a I don't want to say toxic, but he certainly wasn't helping the room situation. And I think it I think it, he needed a change and a change was you know forthcoming. Um now they traded Sam Bennett to Florida, um, but they also received, or did they also receive a 2022 sixth rounder? Or am I miss? I'll check it one second, but continue. Uh, but for Florida, um, yeah, Florida got yeah. a sixth round pick as well with Sam Bennett. Yeah. So Heineman and uh, 2022 second rounder uh, went to Calgary. Um, Heineman, I believe, is in the Swedish Elite League. Uh, not crazy numbers, but for a second-round pick, uh, maybe a little disappointing, but not terrible. Um, hopefully, with the 2022 second round, they could actually do something with it. Yeah, I think for this trade, like you mentioned, Sam Bennett getting a change of pace. Like, I think the Flames got a decent – like, two seconds for him. Is it, is it a second and – And a prospect uh, was picked in the second And Heidemann, yeah. Okay, second and – a guy picked in the second round. So I think it's a decent return for a player who like didn't seem happy to be playing there and wasn't really putting up the numbers like you expected him to. Um, So I think it's a decent return for the Oilers. I think Sam Bennett might greatly benefit playing in uh, Florida. I think Florida is going to kind of mesh him right in there and be able to use his talents a lot better than Edmonton was as unfortunate, sorry, as Calgary was as unfortunate as that was, I was kind of rooting for him to to do well. Uh, And as far as, Florida goes well you know they get that in a six so how bad can they really go I I like it for both teams really I I think this is stupid for Cal uh for Florida I don't get it I 
I'm not saying he can't play for them, but the return. You get a second-round pick for a guy who has four goals and eight assists this year. He's, he's also a player that doesn't have an identity. You don't know if he's a center. You don't exactly. know if he's a winger. And it looks like at best, at best, he's a third liner. Yeah, I I don't understand this trade uh, for Florida. I'm not – okay, I understand getting him, but the return. You gave up basically two second-round picks for Sam Bennett. What in the world is telling you that this guy is worth two second-round picks? I have – for me, this is just – ridiculous i i don't understand it but at the same time he's an rfa you're gonna have to pay him again i just he's not even under contract on a team-friendly deal you're gonna have to pay him again this summer i I, if it's one second i i still think it's a bad trade but for two i i get i mean this team wants to make a nice run it sucks the ekblad injury that guy could have maybe won the norris this year he was playing amazing and kind of ruin this team's chance. I think of being a cup contender, they can still go far. But uh, I just I don't think Bennett's going to help them get anywhere further. No, that's what I'm saying. I, I don't understand. He's a guy that was thought to be a center is now a winger. I, I he's not even a center really. So it just I don't understand it. If you told me they gave up a fourth for him, I'd say, oh, that makes sense. Good trade. If it was a third, maybe, but. Two seconds just seems ridiculous. To steep. Me. Just way too steep. But uh, I hope the best to him. He's still young. He's 24. Hopefully he can play great because he he has shown, especially in the playoffs, he can be a really good performer. But I think that's where the Panthers were going with this. I think they, they're pretty sure they're going to make it or at least, you know, have a fighting chance. So they might have been looking for Bennett to show up in the playoffs and really do that. The two picks, I can agree with you that it's steep. I still like the trade, but – you know, it is definitely a lot right. to give up for a guy that's unproven. Can I tell you what this trade reminds me of? And yeah, go for it. It's a sense trade, so you guys will, like, remember it. So yeah, much. let's hear it. Let's hear it. For me, it's the, the Zingle trade. They The the sense traded the Zingle to Columbus for Duclair in two seconds. The Zingle yeah, walked with the free agent. This is exactly what it feels to me. At the time, I'm, I was like, what the? How did we get two seconds for him? So this is how I feel about this trade. Not he's not he's a capable player, but I think Calgary won this trade by a mile, and good for them because they have not. They don't won. have much else going for them right now. No, so they don't. So you can uh, win this trade at some. Congrats point. to to Flames fans. I think the biggest surprise for me for this Flames uh, trade deadline is more the trades they didn't make. Yeah, but I think that's off season, but we'll. we'll, we'll yeah, yeah, that's that's for later. Yeah. Speaking with the Flames out. very briefly, um, they did trade. Uh, David Riddick to the Toronto Maple Leafs and that's a funny story in in and of itself. Uh, They received a 2022 third round pick from the Toronto Maple Leafs. Now this is Toronto's fourth goalie? Yeah, they have Anderson, Campbell, Hutchinson, and Riddick. So four goalies, that's going to be fun. I guess the order that I would probably go with, Anderson, Campbell, Riddick, and Hutchinson, probably. You would think? Yeah. I mean, right now, one and two can be swapped. Yeah. 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 I'd say in general. I'd say Campbell, Anderson, Riddick, Hutchinson. Yeah. 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 But that's like, that's, I mean, if can we talk about a goalie core? Is that ever mentioned? Like, they probably have the strongest goalie core in the league. 
can I mention why I think, well, why they did this is just because Anderson's still hurt and mm-hmm. his timetable, uh, Dubas was asked on, I mean, it's uh, by Tim and Sid or, or just Tim actually, but uh, about, about, uh, about when Anderson was coming back and Dubas gave a non answer answer. Very nondescript answer. Yeah. yeah. Uh, today, today after the trade deadline. So I think I'm not saying the stuff I've heard from the media is that he should be fine by the playoffs, but if there's any injury concern and you have Campbell and then Hutchinson, yeah, you do not Hutchinson, want Hutchinson to be your backup. You're going to lose to the Sens in a playoff series. No, no offense to Leafs fans, but man. So I think, I think it makes a lot of sense. A third, pretty good price. He's a UFA, but I think the Flames probably won this deal, but it makes sense for both teams. I wouldn't say it's a, bad deal for the Leafs they've been training picks like it's nothing so I think it makes sense they're in win now mode and the thing is they don't really have a goalie they trust right now I mean I think Campbell's been great and if he plays this way in the playoffs they'll do great but they have three go ahead go ahead yeah, as as you said, I think what you're going to say is they have three goalies that you don't really trust but are good, but not that good. So right? I was going to say, they have three streaky goalies, and you just really want to hope they can streak one after the other. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I think it makes a lot of sense for both teams, and Calgary never really gets a lot of picks at training. Like, you never sell, so I think this is a good deal. If you're Sheldon Keefe, coach, right, you're sitting there, and you're going, all three of your goalies are healthy, like – do you start Anderson? Do you start Campbell? Do you think uh, maybe Riddick with the change of scenery is going to be really good? Like, what do you, what do you, who do you start? I, do I would start to, Anderson. I would start, you Anderson, start Anderson, even despite back. Campbell going uh, 11 say, and 0. No, no, but, but you, you know, Anderson's your number one. So you know that you need to get him ready for the playoffs if he's think, able to play. I think, yeah, but, I would just say is, I think there's two things. If it depends when Anderson comes back. That for me, that's yeah. the big thing. If if Anderson comes back, we end on the 16th. Today is the 12th. Let's say he comes back on May 1st. Okay, he might come earlier. He he might come, but just let's say in general, he comes back on May 1st. He can play maybe three four games. If he plays well in those games, Anderson, then sure, I'd play him. If he looked good, I'd play him. If he looks any bit streaky and Campbell is playing somewhat similar to the way he's playing right now. I'd play Campbell. And if Anderson comes back to start the playoffs, I'd play Campbell. Campbell's looked really good. Anderson's been horrible this year. I, I would not play Anderson unless he looks good in any bit of. I don't one. even know if I would play Anderson those three to four games at the end of the season. Cause if you have a guy like Campbell who you've been relying on and he's been showing up and like letting you know, he can take the job, let him keep it. No, but the thing is they, they're going to make the playoffs. Obviously, maybe if it's a battle for the number one seed, who knows? Right now, they're losing to the to the Habs, to your Habs, and the Jets are tied against the Sens. Let's say the Jets win, Habs win. The Jets are only four Sorry, points. When the five. Habs win. Yeah, when the Habs win. <laughs> I just jinxed them so bad. <laughs> they're, they're only four points behind. Okay, maybe if it's closer of a race, maybe. But I think what's the point in – prevent uh having your guy get potentially injured by overplaying him you can get anderson into games i'm not seeing you play him all of a sudden as a starter but i think no i mean i i guess you're right i guess that does make sense you would want to try to see if campbell can get rested a little bit before play start but i mean goalies can be really streaky and you don't want to potentially interrupt that right yeah and yeah it will be it's going to be an interesting dynamic because i think this team 
we'll talk about Felino trade, but this team I think is ready to win. But the biggest thing is if you let's say you put, give them Hellebuck, you, you they're probably with Tampa as the cup content the your favorites. I think if you give them Hellebuck. Yeah, if you give them Jacob Markstrom, I agree. Even <laughs> I gave them Thatcher Demko without COVID. Good God. Oh, Already. <laughs> All right, let's move on to the biggest trade for the Toronto Maple Leafs. Ben Hudden for a 2022 <laughs> fifth rounder to Anaheim. Uh, now, of course, um, that was not Riley. the biggest trade, but just touch on it. Beat the Sens. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'll just, I'll just touch on it very quickly before moving to the Foligno trade. Um, ben Hudden, he used to play for Vancouver, then uh, we couldn't sign him, so he played. He got he was signed by LA um, or Anaheim, I, I think he was signed by LA for a bit. He was in LA last year, and now he's with Anaheim. Yeah, so he was always like he played in our top four for a little while. A lot of people thought that he'd be pretty good, but he's really a fifth at best defender. You'd rather want him as a sixth or a seventh, and I think he's going to be a really solid depth option for the Leafs. Um, and for a fifth, I think maybe you'd rather give him off for a se- like a sixth. Um, but he does have some upside, so I can understand the fifth. Alrighty, Nick Foligno to the Toronto Maple Leafs for a 2021 first rounder and a 2022 fourth rounder. Um, I, I spoke about this with one of my friends, and um, essentially, this is the type of person that you want on your team. Like he is the definition of playoff hockey. He is big. He's tough. He's gritty. Um, he's can be a power forward. He's not the you know, firing force that he once used to be. I mean, he's 33, so a lot of that, you know, you tend to lose a bit of that as you get older. But he's also, and I think this is one of the more important things, he's a leader. The Toronto Maple Leafs have now four former captains on their team. And Jason Spezza, albeit that was fairly short-lived, um, Nick Foligno, John Tavares, and I'm forgetting the fourth. Uh, Joe Thornton. Austin, Joe Thornton. No, Austin Matthews in five years in Arizona. Yeah, good God. Already, but I mean, this is this this trade for Felino signals win now. This is their opportunity to win now. If they get anywhere shy of uh, making it to the finals or conference finals, that is a failure. That is a failure. So, I mean, they they have to go for it. I'm excited. I'm excited (laughs) to see them crash out. I'm excited to see Sens legend Nick Felino. In a Leafs uniform. Yeah. Oh God. All uh, right, but yeah, I mean, he's a solid player. No, I think I think it's a great play. He's also a really good defensive player. Exactly. Really good for yeah. the playoffs. Uh, defensive metrics. Offensively, he's not the great. Um, no, he's a good. He's a good offensive player, but but he's not where he used to be. No, but if you put him with, uh, if you put him with Marner and Matthews, I'm sure. <laughs> So it's crazy looking at their lineup now. You just yeah. it, you're just reading off like, oh yeah, this guy's great. This guy's like, who's yeah? Like their top nine is insane. Yeah, you know what would be really fun to watch? Hyman, Kerfoot, Foligno as a shutdown. That I feel sense. like that would be so obnoxious a, who would, to play they, against. Who would you play them then with? Like, who would play with Marner, Matthews, Tavares? Uh, you have Mikhaev that can move up. You have Galchenyuk that's playing with uh, Galchenyuk, Tavares. Galchenyuk's been, right yeah. well, been good with Tavares, but then who plays yeah. with Matthews? I mean, you, you can move up Jason Spezza for the first line wing, or Thornton, Thornton was good. 
Yeah, or Simmons, I guess. Yeah, like like they have options. They have <laughs> options. They have so many options. It's insane to look at. Awesome. Like it really has to be now. Yeah. Or like if if they just kicked open the door and are running straight for it, and I'd say fail now. Yes, I I agree. I think they were okay. They gave up for this trade because they also gave I think San Jose a fourth. They, they gave did give San Jose a fourth, a fourth yeah. and a fourth for a rental player who is not yeah. that good. That is for me way too high a price. If I'm Columbus. I love this deal. You get a first and a fourth. Uh, that that first round pick is going to be a number thirty-two. That's pretty much a second. Okay. Yeah. No, you're definitely right about that. But still, no, no, no. no. The number thirty-two is insinuating that they're going to win the cup. Oh, I'm not right. I'm not right with that. Oh, no. oh. I, no. I thought you meant like in the thirties because of their. Yeah, I know what you mean. No, but I just what I was just going to say is I think I really like this trade for Columbus. I think again they're doing the right thing by basically getting picks. And the thing is they get a fourth, right? But it's also a fourth in uh, next year, next year. But still, I just, I think this is a really good trade and San Jose, good for them. They get a fourth round pick from Toronto this year. Right. So just for fun. Yeah. Just for fun. So, but I think, but I'd say if you're a Leafs fan, they still retain all their high-end prospects, and they have a fair bit. They have about three or four good players that can probably play in the team even this year and maybe next year with Lilligren, Sandine, Robertson, the Mirov guys probably maybe two years away. But still, they have they still have good young prospects to either trade. So they haven't they've given up a lot of picks, but they actually have a lot of guys that can play in the next couple of years on on entry level deals. So I, I don't think they've completely taking away the farm, but they have no picks. Uh, but uh, no, it, it's definitely win now, but what I, I'd still be really worried about the goaltending. I think that's for me scary, but as Kieran said, if they don't make it to the third round, if they don't come out of Canada, it is an utter disappointment. They are by far the it's most a failure. Yeah. It's a failure. If they lose in the third round. Okay. I think that is something a bit more, you can live with maybe a little bit more, but if they if they don't make it out of Canada, they are by far the best team, especially with the Jets not adding anything. So, yeah, with with how the trade deadline has gone and the fact that like the Leafs are the ones that really made the biggest moves as far as the North Division goes, they the expectation the expectation was already really high for them. Realistically, it has just gotten that much higher, and you gotta hope that they're you know for their own sake gonna make it and not you know choking a game seven or something like that as as recent history would dictate hey like i it would be kind of poetic but it would also be kind of sad to well, see, the know? washington boston boston columbus in game five just, just imagine hell stoning matthews for a whole series and we oh man six games and it's just like oh we jack campbell had a 902 save percentage you know, I'm going to be living with Felix for the summer, so that's going to be really fun to watch his reaction to all these uh, Toronto Maple Leafs games. So I'll have to, like, tape them or something. I will I will say it's really sad, though, and, and I truly mean this as someone that hates the Leafs, uh, that the Leafs fans can't be in the games. for I uh, can't be in attendance, and there can't be, you know, huge amount of fans at Maple Leaf Square for this because this is the best team they've had basically since 1993 when they made the conference finals. So, uh it just sucks that the best year in Leafs history, there's no fans, but maybe, like... maybe that's poetic and maybe it helps because there's no pressure or not the same pressure as normal. 
I feel like this Leafs team is probably arguing for like best ever. No, like uh, in the modern day, in the modern era, yeah, yeah, I, it's it has to be talented. I think it's the most talented team. The '90s team was kind of, uh, anyways. I don't know enough, but they said it was an overachiever, so uh, a little bit. So <laughs> I do want to point out at the end of this uh, this trade deadline, uh, Columbus has their first rounder, Tampa's and the Leafs now. They have three first round picks this year. <laughs> They are definitely not cheering for any of those teams in the playoffs. Absolutely not. No, they are hoping for something awful to happen. Yes. Alrighty, dear listener, that is it for the NHL trade deadline. Again, this is not Sportsnet. This is not TSN. You know, your James Duthie, your panel, they could not do this. We are geeking on SportsCast. So, again, thank you, Alex. Thank you, Olivier, for being here. It's always a pleasure to have you on. Um, and we look forward to the next pod. Uh, shout out Bayern Munich. Shout out Chelsea. Um, shout out, I guess, every single you know UCL game that's going on tomorrow. That'll be fun. Yeah. Already. Thank you, dear listener. And until next time, take care.